Good afternoon, evening, sunny night, folks. Uh, it's episode 14, and it's the hottest episode we have recorded yet. In terms of where? Both in terms of, yeah, <laughs> in terms of content and temperature. What have we got coming up? We've got a lovely 14 degree heat um, to go along with some... Uh, clan news regarding signings, uh, and extensions, and talk about other some other signings around the league. Uh, a wee bit about the NHL playoffs. Um, obviously down to the last four now, so uh, it's been pretty good so far. So we'll talk a wee bit about that. Um, what a wee bit about the football. Obviously, the season's finished now, so for um, some. For some, that's it. Uh, and then we'll do a, that kind of Champions League and the Scottish Cup final preview, as well as a Royal Wedding preview. No, I cannot. I'll scrub that out then. <laughs> Aye. Well, maybe. We'll see. See how long we've got. And then uh, we'll go on and do talk a wee bit about just random news stories that we've seen uh, since the last time we were on uh, just to see what's happening in the world Sounds great that sound? Sounds like we should get going And on that note Let's do it It was the uh, first wee bit of signing activity <laughs> for a while and <laughs> Speaking of gone Speaking of gone, yeah Yeah uh, Actually, I was going to say, is this is this like the opposite of last year, where Clan are becoming the Brayhead Storm in terms of bringing in players? <laughs> is this what's happening? They've uh, signed forward Gerard Hansen from Manchester Storm, um, and it looks like we're just taking all of their players back since they took hours from last year. Yeah, seems that way. Um, well, so far anyway, there's still, there's probably more, uh, there's probably other players rather that I would, I would rather see coming back potentially. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, we didn't really see too much of it. Well, not personally anyway. Um, he is 25, so still, well, very young, really. Five foot a lot. Um, yeah. But I think from a look, it's himself about a wee bit. He played 50 games last year. Uh, six goals, 19 assists for 25 points, so half a point a game. Um, mm. But I think from all, all accounts, yeah. Pete Russell had had a look at this guy last before last season I think to maybe try and bring him to Milton Keynes so he's, he's obviously got something about yeah, him I think that's right yeah there's obviously something there that um, Pete Russell likes so um, we'll see if he's a see if he's a good fit for yeah, us yeah I mean he played um, college before signing for Manchester but obviously grown up in Sweden uh, I'd assume he's a, a good mm-hmm. skater and a, a pretty decent technical player, but we'll see what happens. I think kind of reserve judgment. We can't really say too much, albeit he was in the league. There's not really much. No, I know that's it. Um, although I guess you could, I guess you could maybe say that when we played Manchester, he didn't really seem to to stand out that much. But then that could have been down to. Uh, just the, the ice time that he was getting. Um, obviously, with the um, the other forwards they had in Manchester, were, um, basically just racking up the points. So, um, but if he's going to be playing a, a different role, then if he's going to be playing more of a role like uh, like Barry McKenzie, then um, you're getting you're kind of getting some some decent point production out of him as well. Yeah, of course, and. Uh... Well, I suppose you could say it's maybe a good thing that he didn't stand out in a bad way. 
you know, you, you didn't really notice him. So whether he was doing a, a job or not, that point of view. But um, again, another positive, I suppose, is that we're seeing players coming in and extending contracts and stuff. It's seems to be proactive. Um, uh, but again, who knows? You could say this every year that oh, this guy looks good, this guy doesn't. You never know how he fits in, unless obviously you're Scott Pitt. No, I know. Yeah, in that case, you you know what you're getting. But no, if if it's new guys coming in coming into the to the club, then it's difficult to know until they until they start playing. Um, because it could all depend on their preferred system as well. Um, so if it's something that's going to fit whatever Pete Russell's wanting to do with the team, then um, should be good. Yep, absolutely. Um, the other movement uh, not long after that was a, could say a, a triple signing, but it was really a, a triple extension um, with Sully, Haywood mm. and Peacock all confirmed as returning next year. Yeah, well, I guess the 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 rumours of uh, Sully going going to Guildford were um all pie in the sky, but um it's good good to have him back, Sully. Obviously, um, I think we di- we discussed it uh, a few podcasts ago, uh, and I think he's you know he's he's still young, like he's, um, and he has he has had good seasons for us, so I'm, I'm hoping that um when he's coming back for next season that he can sort of find the form of a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, and it obviously played played uh, at the World Championships under Pete Russell, so he knows what he's getting with them and as you say, it's let's hope we get a, another good season out of him. Um, sort of dependable yeah. self. Um, and I guess you could say the same for Haywood, really. He's pretty steady. You know what you're going to get. He doesn't, he's not really flashy at all, is he? He's a penalty killer that kind of loves you some minutes on that third or fourth line. Yeah, no, no, that's it. You know, you know what you're getting with Haywood. Um, I would like to see a bit more from him, I think. Uh, but then again, you could say that about about all, all three of them, really, because last season, all three of them were under par for the most part. Yeah, I, I think I think they would admit that themselves. It's uh, I was going to say it's a big season for them, but you kind of know Haywood's part of the furniture. I think he's going for his testimonial. Um, I'd be amazed to see him anywhere else, but. Uh, yep, I think he'll he'll admit himself he was maybe not up to it, but that was that was a byproduct of the team. I think uh, I wouldn't be too too critical. He's obviously a, a big team player and, and does he'll uh, you'll get the same Matt Haywood. He's a, a big team player. Yeah, yeah that's it. <clears throat> um, you could say you'd say the same for. For all of them, really, all of the all the Brits. Um, I just think that uh, for me, I don't think John Tripp knew how to use them. I think as part of the as part of his team. Um, I guess because he was he was you know coming in and he's got these guys, uh, that had all resigned. Um, as part of, as part of Ryan Finnerty's team, I don't know if he knew how to. Uh, how to play them properly? Because as we know, I think Peaks is is much better in a, in a, a central role, like like we've seen at um, at Belfast, and he's playing on that second line. You get a lot of point of production out of him as well from there. Yeah, that that is what we need. We need them to be used yeah. correctly. Uh, I, I think maybe Trip was just caught in between, not knowing how much to play them as well. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say because he's obviously able to judge a player, but uh, 
maybe just not knowing, you know, a lot of his importance I've seen them before he knows knows how they play, but these guys he's not. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but coming into the league you don't it's difficult to know. I'm not saying that every team plays oh we just play Brits on our third line because there's some really good players in there, but yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it could have been used used a bit differently. Yeah, no, I agreed. But yeah, Peacock, I think, still expecting more from him. He must be thinking that. Uh, he's got to be our, our top yeah. point scoring Brit, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all depends who else they bring in then. If, if uh, Barry McKenzie's leaving, so uh, maybe the maybe the top scoring Brits still to come in. Yeah, maybe. And uh, of course, as you've said, Barry McKenzie, three years I think he was at Brayhead, um, is moving on to, I imagine, probably play somewhere else. Uh, yeah. It's difficult to know how big a loss that will be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think he was. Um, well, he, he seemed to he seemed to help kind of bond the team together uh, each season that he was here. Um, so you're you're kind of losing that aspect, but at the same time, is it going to? Uh, you watch what I say, but is it going to? Is it going to create a sort of more professional atmosphere um, in the dressing room? I guess don't really know. Uh, to be honest, what what he was like um, behind the scenes, and all accounts, he was a good guy. But uh, I guess we're kind of looking looking forward, looking to move on, looking for better better Brits to come in and and uh, help us move forward. Yeah, and he, and he was obviously obviously well liked, as you say, and um, kind of his main role, I think, was as a penalty killer, and certainly last year, mm-hmm. um, maybe you know that that might be going to an import that role, uh, and we're looking to, as you say, bring another British player in who's who's going to be picking up more points, but. We'll see how it unfolds. Indeed, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a loss in the dressing room. But uh, in terms of the honest stuff, I don't think he was really utilised the same way that he was in his first season. Yeah, well, Finnerty definitely used him at points on. I think maybe even the second line, didn't he? And he did. He did yeah. quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. He don't really know. Again, circumstances, uh, different lines that he was put on. Uh, but I just I don't I don't think any of them were, were utilised properly last season. But yeah, when the whole when the whole teams kind of together, I think you will be better positioned to guess the shape uh, and what we expect in terms of lines and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elsewhere in the league, then I guess, did we cover? Did we get to uh, Mustakovs and Clemente leaving? I've got a feeling we might have done. Um, I think we did, yeah. The next one after that that we probably didn't cover was uh, Brett Robinson leaving Coventry. Um, and, and he'd been there for a few years and been yeah. a, a good player, I think, latterly, assistant captain. Um, hmm. but uh, so that's them obviously lost him and uh, you had slightly earlier was the the bigger blow of what do you call him that guy that always scored against us Valorant so that's uh, that's two fairly yeah. fairly hefty pieces of your forward line that will need need replacing. Yeah, I think they're kind of doing a wee bit of a rejig as well. I think um, that seems that they're back up netminder. Uh, Breton Priest, yeah, I think he was their yeah. backup. 
Although they did, they did resign Nastyuk as their their first keeper, yeah. who, who was obviously good. Um, but yeah, no, I think they might be looking to change a few things. Yeah, and uh, Ross Phoenix as well, who's, I mean, just seems to have been at Coventry forever. Uh huh, and he's still only about twelve. <laughs> what age is he, Ross Phoenix? Uh, I'm going to guess 28 and the answer is 24, there you go you're joking, it's 24 24 Uh, well I'm on that the first year he played for Coventry was the EIHL in 2010-11 so he's been playing in the league for 8 so and done well actually uh, one of those guys I think that's probably on the cusp of the GB team uh, yeah. going to... so I think he's so he's moved to New Zealand well, he's just going to New Zealand for the summer yeah he's doing a right okay but he is going back Scott Pitt yeah yeah I think he's he's extended his contract right okay uh, as has I believe Kevin Noble. Yeah, I think I'd seen that one. Um, so retaining a couple of quite big players there, but it's it's Valorant thing uh, that you that you don't know what what that will do, uh, and and Robinson. Yeah. Who knows? Think... We'll see see what effect that has. Yeah, I think they can. Again, they kind of seem to sit roughly around about the same position in the table each year as well. So I think uh, it's a case of just basically trying out new guys um, most seasons. Um, and if it doesn't work, then ship them out and get some other folk in. Yeah, I mean, they're, I think, quite often compared to us in terms of budget and stuff. So how true that is, who knows? But yeah. um they're always the kind of team. Whenever we play them, I always think we should be beating them. But <laughs> I guess that's true for for most teams, and they've they've got this. You know, the, the last couple of years when they got to the playoff final and, and won it as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would have, I would have taken a shite season if we could have done that ourselves. It's a difficult one with them, but. At this early I stage, know, that's it. still playing um, the same. Really. Hook and Box all saying that I kind of expect one of them to maybe end up at Clan. You expect one of them or both of them? One or maybe both. Uh, at least one, just because of the Pete Russell connection. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking that as well, um, particularly with Boxo, just because he's. He's been round the league uh, for a fair while. Uh, you know, knows the league inside out and obviously he's worked with Russell before, so uh, potentially potentially the next thing coming, Brit. Yep, wouldn't surprise me. And wouldn't wouldn't uh, no. disappoint me either. I think he's uh, in terms of if you're comparing Boxel say to McKenzie. I think Hook's a bit more offensive than Boxel is, but I think Boxel will probably an upgrade on McKenzie, but uh, yeah, that remains to be seen. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Yeah, I would say so as well. Yeah. Um, another uh, retirement, or from the Steelers actually, yeah, is uh, Eric Neely, who made a decent impact when he came in at, at Sheffield last season. Um, and I think they'd have they'd have wanted him him back, but uh, exploring pastures new. So yeah, another uh, new face that they'll have to bring in. Yeah, I think they're quite disappointed because I, I think, like you said, that um, that they told that he would come back, but um, I think he's got a, an opportunity outside hockey um, back in North America. So. Uh, can't really, you can't really blame him, I guess, because you obviously can't play hockey forever. But uh, 
No, he, he was definitely he was definitely a good player um, for them last season, and like you say, I think they'd be a, a bit disappointed in losing him. The uh, the only real rumor that I've heard recently is about uh, Jackson Whistle going to be the, the starting goalie in Sheffield. Did you hear that one? Yeah, um, I think there's there's a. <laughs> There's a couple. If you go into the rumours page on Elite Prospects, I think they've got two. There's two guys called Whistle. Right. So obviously there's Jackson Whistle and then there's a forward, I think, from ECHL or something like that that's linked uh, with Sheffield as well. So who knows what's going on there. But uh, I think if it's either of them, it's probably more likely to be Jackson Whistle. Yeah, it's uh, it would be an interesting move. I think obviously he played a lot more than he would have expected at Belfast because Murphy was injured. Yeah, uh, yeah. He did pull off one or two unbelievable saves, and I think generally it was was pretty good. Um, but just because he is younger and stuff like that, I would say it's a bit of a risk for Sheffield. Yeah, a wee bit, a wee bit. Um... I don't know, again, it's difficult to sort of say just now if he's going to come in and be the starting goaltender or not. But um, Yeah, because who knows what the situation is with Stephen Murphy at Belfast. He was injured for yeah, exactly. most of last season, so is he going to be their starting uh-huh. goalie and is he going to be fit? Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the kind of main question in terms of what Belfast are going to do as well. So... Um, but again, we're only, we're only halfway through May just now, so... Yeah. Plenty of time, mate. It would be interesting to know this sort of comparable salary offers that these guys are getting at Belfast and Sheffield. Um, I, I think Belfast would probably be quite competitive anyway. Um, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Pretty attractive place to go. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's a big, big position for Sheffield because Mustakovs was was really good last year um, and has been so as a slight surprise that he moved on but um, I think it's the kind of place that if a goalie doesn't come in and, and do well he'll be out the door quickly <laughs> yeah I think so as well taking a bit of a no-nonsense approach yeah I remember I think was it uh, Tyler Plant a couple of seasons ago started <laughs> exactly. at Sheffield uh, and, yeah, exactly. and then it was was packed basically. Aye. So, not quick to um, change their mind uh, if they feel the need to. So, um, but we'll just need to wait and see if it actually does go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of other other news around the league, we had um, uh, sort of friendly pre-season series announcement uh, did we, actually previously did we discuss the clans pre-season fixtures I don't think we did actually no uh, I think about it um, it was probably worth touching on that since yeah uh, we're actually on on the subject but the, the more recent news from that was that uh Fife and Manchester kind of came together to arrange a, a pre-season schedule where there were uh, visiting teams from Europe who would come over and, and play both of them. And I think that'd be pretty, pretty good. You've got um, Alborg from Denmark, uh, or Dens as well. The Krimishau, Ice Pirate Krimishau. Now, did we not play them Last year, or is that where Trip John Trip came from? Trip came from them, right? But we didn't. No, we didn't play them. It was a. Uh, who was it we played? Frankfurt? No. Yeah, yeah, we did play Frankfurt actually. Yeah. Alright, so. Um, that well, that that'll be good though, because a couple of really strong Danish teams. Yeah. 
and also uh, SC, not sure about the pronunciation, but Resercy from DL2 as well um, coming over. So Storm and Flyers have got a, a decent wee pre-season schedule there. Um, yeah, definitely. Although the main thing with Fife at the moment is that they, they've not signed any players, so that's that's uh, getting their fans more worried. But if you if you said to them, we're taking the same tactic as last year, because uh, I don't think they knew if they were going to play in the league for a while last year. Um, yeah, but, yeah. The the was a bit late as well. So the the clan actually as well announced some pre-season fixtures that we didn't cover previously um, and and like the Fife and Manchester ones they were good quality opposition yeah um, we've got Fishtown Penguins uh, Dresdner Ice Lowen I think would be pronounced Leon Lions and Stavanger Oilers uh, on to a, a Saturday Sunday on subsequent weekends um, that'll be good to see those teams at Brayhead. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's four, four interesting teams that, um, from four different places. So, uh, if you know, if Fishtown Penguins are, are they the, are they the? I'm guessing they're the North American team. Uh, no, I think they're from uh, Germany. Oh, are they? Right, okay. Oh, actually, yeah, of course. They're, so they're top division in Germany, aye? Yeah, DL1, yeah. Yeah. Aye. No, sorry then. My point is invalid. As a, as a result of finding out where they actually play. Um, yeah, so, I mean, last year we played, played against Frankfurt, obviously, and you can't say that it stood us in good stead, I suppose. Um, but you'd like to think generally playing against better teams is, is more of a judge of, of where the team are and uh, gives the coach a better idea of what, what needs to be worked on and what's what's working well, etc. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, it would be good to have a full roster in as well uh, before the start of the the season, uh, at least for a couple of weeks, just to get some uh, some training sessions on the go and kind of working out um, what lines are best. And I guess that's what these games are for. But you want to see that in training as well, because I feel like I feel like too often players come in and it's just a case of they're coming in straight away, starting the season right away. But you know, it would be good to get a couple of weeks at least for. Some of these guys to come over and they can all train together and uh, you know with the with the friendly games in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hopefully, be getting along to those and uh, look for for more positive outcomes than we saw saw last year. Hopefully, I was going to mention Gary Russell there. Actually, we don't know if Gary Russell will be back, but if he does play, hopefully. He plays the puck to, to his own team this time. Yeah, that would be that would be ideal if you're Gary Russell. Don't ever don't ever make a mistake like that again. Um elsewhere in hockey then we've got the Stanley Cup on the go. Um and it's, it's been been quite interesting so far. Mainly I guess in that the, the what you could say would be the, the Real Madrid of the Stanley Cup for the past couple of years. Um, Pittsburgh were actually were knocked out, so we're going to see a, a different winner, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, you've got the, the Golden Knights, uh, new NHL team for this year, in the last four. Uh, albeit they've had substantial financial backing, but um, to go along with that, uh, 
I think the the surprise package for me is Winnipeg. Yeah, based on based on recent form. Yeah, I think that's the first time they've they've reached the conference final. Um, yeah. So it's it's good good to see that uh, to see a, a Canadian team in there. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, Canadians aren't doing it just now. So getting past Nashville is is a, is a tough task in itself. Um, and obviously, as it stands, they're uh, they're one one nil up over Vegas. Um, yeah. I think at one point, people thought Vegas would would be able to win the cup without losing a game, but that wasn't wasn't quite the case. Um, still, regardless, it'd be an unbelievable feat if if Vegas did do it. But I think uh, for me at the moment. The Capitals, Washington Capitals, are looking like the guys to beat. Although Winnipeg is just say, on form. Yeah, definitely. I think like in that game seven against Nashville, I think uh, we saw the real uh, Jets team in that game. You know, coming out five one. I think it was the one game seven. Uh, so that's. You know, it just shows that when the pressure's on, they can they can perform to a, to a substantial standard as well. So, uh, and then obviously getting that result against uh, Golden Knights the other night um, puts them in good in good form, as you say. Yep. Um, on the other side of the draw, you've got Washington currently two and up against Tampa Bay. Um, and having having beaten Pittsburgh kind of four two quite quite convincingly, I think that's why I put them as favourites. Um, and also, you look at guys like Ovechkin; he is as good as it gets, really. Um, yeah. Game changer, uh, guaranteed goal scorer. So I can't really see see past them, but you never know uh, when it gets to gets to that final matchup. I expect probably going to be Winnipeg against Capitals, but you can't write off any team really, I guess, even even 3-0 down. I'm talking about Tampa Bay really there. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think um I think what will be between the Golden Knights and the Capitals. Yeah, uh, for Stanley Cup. I just think like I don't know, I just I just think that Las Vegas have been have been the better team over the over the course of the season, and I think due the the seven games, uh, I think it will kind of pan out that way as well. Although I, having said that, you know Winnipeg are hit, hitting some good form now, but it's just whether they've got the capability to maintain it for for however many games it goes. Yeah, I mean all in all, I think it makes me realise that the elite league should have some sort of playoff system in place. Yeah. You know, even, yeah, even a best of three. I think a, be- a best of three just makes sense to me. Like, it's only one more game and it's not as if it's kind of... You're not asking a lot more from rinks to be able to get another game out of it, really. Yeah, I think it would just make things so much better, but that's for a different time. But um, I certainly do enjoy watching the Stanley Cup if I can. Um, yeah. Usually, usually it's too late for me to pay any attention to. It, to be honest, I'm not one that can really stay up for that. But if I catch the odd bit at the weekend or whatever, then I do enjoy it. So see who comes yeah. out on top there. Yeah, agreed. Agreed with what you're saying. It's difficult to to follow every game, as you say. It's kind of sort of an awkward thing, but it's it's always good to catch up on uh, your lunch breaks at work. Yeah, I mean their media output's excellent, and obviously they've got the the sort of game center things, and you can see the the game recaps in five minutes, and that's yeah, just a really good system. So it's yeah, uh, easy to catch up. Definitely. Um, 
moving on to football matters, we had the uh, season coming to an end. Certainly, the league season in Scotland, um, and it surprisingly saw uh, Celtic lift the trophy. I think we knew that for for a few weeks, but um, the interesting part was the the battle, I guess you could say, for second place, and it threw up a, a quite interesting game at um, Easter Road. You could say. <laughs> you could say that, yeah. Um, obviously, Hibs going three 0 up after twenty two minutes, and I was just kind of expecting to keep hammering the goals in, and somehow managed to get third place in the end. But um, as it's Hibs, um, we all know what can happen when Effie Ambrose is in defence. So obviously, obviously not solely blaming blaming him for for all the goals, but. Uh, no, nah, it was just a, it was just a crazy game by all accounts. Yeah, you kind of want to see stuff like that every so often. Uh, I think obviously yeah. both teams, both teams need to win, but uh, the sort of spanner in the works from their point of view was Aberdeen winning at Parkhead. Um, by all accounts, quite a flat Celtic performance, but Aberdeen leaving it late, but showing their Certainly, table-wise, that's even a thing. They're the, the second best team in Scotland. Yeah, that's you know two two years in a row. So, um, well, more than that actually. But in terms of you know having since Rangers uh, were promoted back into the to the top league, uh, Aberdeen have maintained their level. So. Um, it's all credit to Derek McInnes, really, and the team he's built there. Although I think um, if he'd asked them, he would probably be disappointed over the season as as a whole in terms of uh, games against the top six because they just never uh, seem to perform uh, in those games until uh, the last few games of the season when it counted most. So uh, it was just getting that consistency from them out of, um, out of every game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, the the other end of the table was also um, interesting because you had uh, Partick Thistle and, and Ross County battling out for that uh, that relegation playoff spot. And um, at one point, it was it was going to be Ross Ross County that that got it, sending Partick Thistle down. They were uh, one up for. A, a good chunk of that game and uh, Partick Thistle didn't score until you know well into the second half so yeah. that would have been a a bit of a a bit of a, a gutter I suppose for, for Partick Thistle in the end they, they escaped you could say with the relegation playoff but <laughs> they won't be looking forward to a game against Livingston I wouldn't say no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I don't think you can look forward to those games. It's just um, obviously the main thing is staying in the league. But it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a really good game. It will be a, it'll be a tough game though because obviously you've got you know Thistle are the supposed to be the the Premier League team, but um, obviously Levy will have the the advantage of winning the last few games, so they've got a kind of good run going into the fixture. Uh, I'm just going to say that what I'd seen from the games with Dundee United is that Levy are a, a physical team, direct team. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Partick this will match up to that, but. I guess people will say that the pressure's all on Thistle. Um yeah. being the team that's looking to stay in the league, but I think Livingston will be feeling pressure as well because that's it's a big game for them. Um you know, trying to come up from the championship. Uh given that they probably weren't 
weren't favourites at the start of the season for it, um, finding themselves in that position. It's not you can't just say oh they'll they've got nothing to lose because they do. Yeah, definitely. I think when it comes down to that stage and it's you know it's down between two teams, I think pressure's on for both sides. Um, it just all depends on what team turns up on the day and cross thistle that we can uh, manage to overcome them and stay up. Yeah, I would like to see thistle stay up. Um, but yeah. certainly, certainly a nervy tie for them. Um, physical, as we've said, I don't know if you're if you're forcing me to make a prediction. I think mm-hmm. Partick Thistle might just get through it because of the extra quality they've got. Um, but I would say that the home leg is crucial. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, it's going to be a difficult game, and obviously, uh, Livy knocked Thistle out um, of the cup earlier on in the season uh, on penalties. So it's going to be. It's going to be a tough ask, and it's, it's a fairly evenly matched game. But I think I agree with what you said. I think you know Thistle will just get one or two uh, players that will, that will hopefully show their quality and help them to stay up. We've got um, a couple of finals coming up. One of which is the Scottish Cup, which is uh, Saturday afternoon, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if you're um, if you're a Celtic fan, you're watching the cup final, and if you're a Rangers fan, you're watching the Royal Wedding. Yep. Well, I, I know what I'd certainly rather watch. Um, and I, I think again, I think it will be the double treble for Celtic. Um, Motherwell have done well, obviously, this season and getting to that point. Uh, so they'll be up for it as you'd expect Celtic to be I just think the extra quality and kind of big game experience for Celtic will make it quite comfortable in the end um, but then you saw what Motherwell did to Aberdeen for example um, mm-hmm. so you never know uh, but for me I think I'd have Celtic to win it by a few goals Yeah, um, it just all depends on what Celtic team turn up uh, on the day. Um, if it's the same team as Sunday there, then it's <laughs> it's going to be a tough ask. But um, no, I agree. I think you know Brendan Rodgers has got the Celtic team uh, somehow mentally prepared for each of these big games, and they always seem to perform. But well. It's, Particularly in Scotland, um, obviously Europe's a different matter. But, um, but no, in, t- in terms of in terms of silverware in Scotland, it's uh, it's always seem to raise our game for for the big occasion. So um, I would expect them to do it again. But while um, we're obviously not going to not going to lie down and take it lightly. So uh, no, it'll be it'll be an interesting game. It'll be a good game. And of course, you've got what's likely to be uh, quite a few players in that Celtic team's last appearance potentially. Um, so they they want to go out in a high. Some of them, I'm not even sure I expect some of them to to play or start the game. But it's, uh, it's always another factor that guys are looking to go out with some some more silverware. So an interesting one, but can't see past uh, Celtic for that one. Yeah, I think it'll be, um, it'll be a case of, uh, players players showing up for, like you say, potentially their last game at Celtic. So the likes of, um, the likes of Mister Dembele, possibly Tom Rogic, uh, and probably a few others as well. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be, I think there'll be some 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 changes in the in the summer as well. But, um. I think with the current team, they definitely seem to go up for these games. So, um, I'll, I'll take Celtic to win. 
And what do you reckon is Celtic fans' consensus about next season, given that uh, Rangers have, have employed uh, a man with such big stature in the manager's hot seat? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Though you've you've said it all. He's in. He's coming in as a manager, not as a player. So uh, he's got an unproven track record as a manager. Um, so I guess it kind of remains to be seen whether he'll be decent or not. But um, I think they'd signed, they've signed Scott Arfield today. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's you know if that's kind of standard of signing that they're bringing in, then I'm quite happy with that. Yep, we'll leave that one up to time and see what happens there. Uh, you get, I guess, worth mentioning the the Champions League final as well. It's coming up. Um, Liverpool playing the the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> uh, Real Madrid, yeah. and I think that uh, Real Madrid will probably win his favourites. Um, but I see it being quite an open final compared to some of the ones we've seen in the past. Um, and it might just be who, ironically, out of the, the two teams potentially in the competition with some of the best attacking talent, it would just be who keeps it uh, tightest at the back and it's actually going to win. I know that's it. I think... I agree as well. I think I think the the game will be full of goals at both ends. Um, it just depends. I think um, having watched the the semi final, I think you know that was probably Bayern Munich's best chance to uh, to knock Real Madrid out, but they just never took their chances. So, um, whereas I think Liverpool do tend to take their chances. So. Uh, Especially if most of us playing, so yeah, is it going to be one of the highest scoring Champions League finals in recent years, or is it going to just not live up to any of that and be nil nil <laughs> and somebody win it on penalties? I don't know. Um, I that that wouldn't surprise me either. I don't think it would. Uh, it could go either way. Yeah. It, it's a tough one to call. Uh I think I'd maybe edge towards Real Madrid, but the form that Liverpool are in, and just their kind of approach to games and stuff, uh, you know, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they if they won it and they would they would probably deserve it. I think if if they did. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, I agree as well with with your thoughts on the game. I just. Um, this is probably the first, probably the first time that I'll actually support an English team in a Champions League final. No, I'm just, I'm just sick of seeing Real Madrid being in that final. Aye, I'm just sick of seeing them. <laughs> sick of them existing. Um, yeah. So I think that is that towards the end of me the the final there. Um. Week after next, maybe I don't know. Um, I think Real Madrid might just win it, but uh, it would be good to to see an end to that dominance, I guess. Aye, no, I agree. So on the twenty sixth, I we can start. Twenty sixth, right? Possibly our favourite national soft drink has been banned. <laughs> from Donald Trump's newly carpeted new hotel. And I think it's uh, it's a pretty poor decision to ban Iron Brew from anywhere. Aye, no, definitely. Uh, so I think his reasoning was because it would be too expensive to replace the carpets. But, I mean, how how expensive are these carpets? If, you know, if, if Donald Trump's saying it's going to be too expensive to replace them. And I can guarantee you if I spilled a bottle of Iron Brew on one of my carpets upstairs, I could get it out for you. Yeah, yeah. Eventually. I think so. It's just it's just whether um, like where's Trump getting these carpets from? Because he's clearly not going to 
He's clearly not going to see Frank at carpet ways. No, he's not. Uh, or carpet, right? The guy that just loves selling carpets. I just love selling carpets. I think for some reason. Yeah, no. He I, seems to. I'm pretty disappointed at the lack of iron brew there. Um, if I had had a hotel, I think iron brew you'd be looking at one of the first drinks to be stocked. Carpets or no carpets. Yeah. Oh, and, and if it comes down to the fact that you're losing iron brew, I think you've got to lose the carpets. Yeah, like, I think any businessman will tell you that. But but then Donald Trump is not like any other businessman. After well, especially after pulled like so he pulled out of the Iran deal, whatever that was. I don't really know. Some signing transfer deadline day. <laughs> yeah, he's decided to go back on his Iran deal, and now he's going back on the <laughs> Iran brew deal. Is there? Uh... He's an interesting guy, but for me, that decision tops the list. So, if, <laughs> if he'd done that, if he'd done that before the election, and I was eligible to vote, that would tip to me the other way. That's all I'll say. I think that's fair. Um, but I think I would now like to encourage people to buy Iron Brew and take it there, and deliberately spill it on the carpet. And if you can't get it in, you get it in some other bottle, some other way. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it won't be difficult to, to get it in. I doubt there's going to be... Is that your search at the door? <laughs> Go through a scanner, and if, if anything bright orange shows up on it, then you get chucked out. So Donald Trump's face would, would be rejected then? Aye, yeah, <laughs> give me something like that, yeah. He can't, surely he can't <laughs> touch the carpets either. Because he'll, he'll no. rub off and stain them. Aye. No, whatever it is he's putting on his face. Doesn't make any sense. In fact, he's basically just banned himself from his own hotel. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's thought that through. He's a walking iron brew bottle. <laughs> You could you could say that uh, Iron Brew has been barred. Oh, that's a belter! An absolute belter. Been saving that one up. <laughs> um, just on the topic of food and drink, how many um, Big Macs would you say you've eaten in your life? Me uh-huh. personally. Personally, one. That sounds no. That sounds very very specific. Yeah, I don't really, I'm not really a fan of the Big Mac, if I'm honest. No, me neither, um, but... Other, other burgers, yeah, but definitely not a Big Mac. It turns out that um, Don Gorsk, who uh, has uh, recently eaten his 30,000th Big Mac... With records running since 1972. He's eaten almost two burgers a day. Says his blood pressure and cholesterol are normal. Uh, He's from Wisconsin and he's 64. I'd like your comments. Um, I've I've got one word. I've got one word, really, that would describe that new story. And it's disgusting. It really is. Two, Two of them a day. (laughs) <laughs> Two a day. Even if you, even if you took the food that you like eating most, and you had it twice a day for a week, you'd be sick of it. So he's been going for yeah. what nearly fifty years. Uh, I wonder if he. Wonder if the the people in McDonald's have it ready for him before he even comes in. He's got his own wee collection, but... <laughs> Jenkins ever went a day without having one, though? Ah, is that like, an average? Yeah, exactly. Good question. Obviously, you would have days where you, you just kind of, like, you're either not feeling well or you're on holiday or something like that. But would they, would they just... I don't know. 
Would they just save them up? Just have like 10 in a day? I bet he's definitely had 10 one day. Oh yeah, that's a great question. How many has he had? What's the maximum per day? So apparently, I think these are apparently these are he uh, he he got his first one shortly after getting his driving license in nineteen seventy two. There was a Jesus. a crowd gathered to watch it, and uh, he gave a half hour presentation to the crowd. <laughs> He actually appeared. He appeared in that Morgan Spurlock documentary. The first right. day I came here, I ate nine Big Macs. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! While he has lots of detail to document his obsession, he did lose about seven thousand styrofoam cartons in a tornado in nineteen ninety. Oh my god, he's actually got. He keeps thousands of receipts and sandwich wrappers. Oh, he's got them all. Oh no, no, that's it. He's got every wrapper? No, not every wrapper, but he's got a sort of trophy cabinet of receipts and wrappers. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, well, good on the guy, but I'm afraid it's. Uh, good for you, it's mate. Not good funny. for you. Good for you making your 64th birthday mate, on that diet. Um, I believe that you had a, an interest in um, story about uh, some flights that were taken off from a, an airport, potentially going to some interesting destinations. Indeed. So uh, Heathrow Airport on uh, May the 4th, obviously is now coined as uh, Star Wars Day. But uh, Heathrow had a, a flight board with uh, a number of flights going to different places. So they had uh, flights to Hoth, Tatooine, uh, Camino, Kessel, Endor, Kashyyyk and Alderaan, I think. Can we confirm that they weren't actually real flights? <laughs> well, I don't know. This is the thing. So, if they're up on the board, to me they're, to me they're real flights. They also had a flight to the Death Star, which I mean, I don't know if he's no mate, but it's not there anymore. I think if you, you paid enough, you would unlock the real flights, uh, and you would That'd get to go. The guy that you saw with the, the big jacket on, he was going to Hoth. Yeah. <laughs> There was a wee bit underneath each of the flights, though, and it said so that the flight to Hoth was delayed because they were clearing the snow off the runway. Right. <laughs> so you've gone to a fair bit uh, of effort there. Aye, definitely. It was it was well thought out. So like each of the each of the flight numbers as well. So it was like flight number BB eight and like flight number FN two one eight seven. Right. Okay. So it was quite good, it was well thought out. If you were um if you were to get a flight to one of those destinations, where would you go and why? Oof. That sounds like a blind date. <laughs> you still ask questions about a blind date, didn't you? <laughs> okay, boys. I would have to pick uh no, nah, I don't know. Shy I'd be shy on blind date. I'll go with, I don't know, it's a difficult one. I do like the snow, so Hoth appeals to me. But, yeah, I just, I think I would, I think I would like to go to Kashyyyk. I just think it's some, some great, right. some great scenery. Scenery is good, yeah. And obviously you've got the Wookiees. I don't know, I think, I think I'd, I'd quite like the heat, I think I'd quite like to go and relax, so maybe... Tatooine would be nice. But then, are you, are you taking into account all the, the sandstorms and stuff? I don't know, I don't know how true, yeah. they happen right enough, but it's, you know, it's difficult. If you're, if you're looking well, I'd hopefully find a hotel that was um, was kind of out of the way from the sandstorms, <laughs> but... On, on the outer rim. 
could go and find some pod racing as well. Could fly and go and get some pod racing Oof. taken in. Actually, that's a good point. But there's, there's also pod racing on Malister, but there's no direct flights to Malister. Right. But you could go via somewhere, so... Yeah, you could. I'd probably... Yeah, I'd be up for that. I probably wouldn't want to go to Camino if I was... If I was picking what one I wouldn't want to go to. Too wet? Too wet and too fucking far away. Mm. It's the fucking edge of the galaxy or whatever, is it not? But that's a weird, it's a weird place. If you're looking for a good sort of weekend city break though, Alderaan's probably your place to be. Mm, yes. Or uh, you go to... Um... Naboo. Yeah, that's true. See the, the palace at Thede and all that? Yeah. That'd be nice. I think they do excursions to the Gungan city as well. Right. <laughs> Cruises. <laughs> Cruises. <laughs> you could take a bongo or whatever they're called. Well, as we know, there are actually Disney cruises, so maybe that's that's what actually goes on. Yeah. Uh, they go to all these places, they don't go to the Caribbean. Um, Could be, yeah. Who knows? The flight, the flight to the Death Star is a bit of a strange one, but I don't think they thought that one through. That's like something Richard Branson would do. Right. Did you, um, did you watch Eurovision at the weekend? <laughs> I actually had noted that. <laughs> I did not watch it, but ah. I knew that you being one of the biggest fans. Have I either watched it or have watched it since? Religiously. Every every year. It's a must watch for me. How was it? It was alright, actually. Yeah, it was pretty it was... Who, who won? I don't even know who won. It was <laughs> Israel won. But it was a pretty I don't know, it was a Poor, a poor song. It was a poor song for me, but it seemed to do seemed to do well with both the judges and the viewers' votes. So, uh, I don't know if it was the song or if it was the woman that was singing the song. It just seemed like a pain in the ass, but can't do anything about it. So, just need to. That's right, because they had. Is that the first year that they've done it not purely on on audience votes? Uh, I think this. I think this is the third year they've done it now. Yeah, they've done it with with both sets of votes. So they go through. They basically go and visit every every country first and get the judges' votes, and then they add the audience uh, votes or the viewers' votes at the end. Who was your favourite performance? I guess Oof. is the is the main question. I don't know. There was a lot of good ones actually. You need to watch it because the guy from the Czech Republic was doing the floor stance at one point. Was he? He was. That was actually pretty good. That dance, a dance that's close to my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, an absolute must see for anyone. Is Sam doing the floor stance? I'll need to watch that then. Yeah, so that was that was good. I liked Sweden, but I, Sweden are just. I mean, they're just kind of top drawer most years, I think, now. Yeah, they know how to do it. They do. Um, and actually, the, actually, Britain's one was actually all right, but there was a there was a stage invasion. Somebody ran on and grabbed the mic off her at one point. Did that, is that uh, kill our chances, do you think? I don't know. I think, I, I, I think potentially it was a staged thing. Right. Just because they want, you know, where where the UK finished most years is some bottom three shiters, but um, I felt like they'd never really had much hope with the song, so they decided let's get somebody on, let's get some fucking sympathy votes when they go. Um, so that's that's what I think happened, but. Uh, didn't work, so need to try something else next year. Nah, just sign some Swedish person and get it one properly. Ah, exactly. 
That's how you do it. As we know. Um, Absolutely. No, I'll I'll catch up with that then. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Get Republic. There's a few good songs on it, so. Um, right, definitely worth it. All right. Well, I think that's us signing out for episode 14 then. Indeed. Um, we'll catch you next time with uh, more signings and potentially uh, looking at a, a football, uh, the World Cup preview at some point in the pipeline. Um, that'd be quite good to do. We'll come up with a, a format for that. But Yeah. yeah. Everybody, everybody will get excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, see you next time, folks. See you then.